For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to gabrielrutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Well, it's 9.12 p.m. on Monday, February 13th. Driving home from a very rare Monday night gig in Port Orchard, Washington. The Whiskey Gulch, which is like a beautiful view. I mean, I not at night. It looks like an airport at night, but there's water out there. Packed, sold out. Am I a huge deal in Port Orchard? I mean, I don't think so. It was partly because of me, but I don't know. This guy can just get people to come out, I guess. So, uh... How was the show? Who gives a shit? How are my merch sales? Very good. But that's not what's important. For a show to stand out, for old road dog Gabriel Rutledge... Something weird as fuck's got to happen. And uh, that was the case this evening. Uh, I was about four minutes in. It was going well. Quinn Fitzgerald opened for me. Very funny Seattle area comedian. Uh, I think I was about four minutes in. I believe I said... I was setting up a joke. I believe I said... Uh, my birthday is December 26th, and there was a woman being walked out by, I don't know, her boyfriend, husband, male companion. She looked a little wobbly. I wasn't going to draw attention to it. But then she passed the fuck out. Uh, I, I just listened to the audio, and I'm going to... I. I'll give a bit of a trigger warning because uh, the audio when she hits the floor is kind of scary when you know that's what it is. I said my birthday's December 26th and she hit the floor with her head. She's wearing glasses. <laughs> what a dork. Uh, and she hit so fucking hard that my immediate thought, well, my immediate thought was she fell. My very close second was, was she vaccinated? No, that's not true. My very second thought was, is she dead? Because she went down like she was dead. Uh, Luckily, she started talking almost immediately. So I think it's some sort of medical seizure type problem. Uh, I guess I talked after the show to the other people. They say it happens quite a bit. Um, I don't think it was uh, drugs or alcohol or who knows, but so she hit so hard and then, you know, I kind of just said, hey, we're going to chill out for a minute. And, uh, you know, then she's gone and I have to like restart the show. I was actually kind of, 
I think it just all happened so fast that the crowd maybe didn't fully realize what happened. No one seemed concerned that a woman fell on her face on a hardwood floor. My birthday is actually uh, December 26th, which that's not good. Oh, shit. Okay, I think we've got a bit of a medical situation here. Okay, we're just gonna chill out for a minute, guys. Uh, but yeah, I guess she's okay. I guess she even like walked down the stairs on her own accord with a little bit of help. And so uh, I guess she's fine and we're all gonna live forever, but wow. Folks, when I say I kill, that's not what I... <laughs> but yeah, that's a weird restart. What, what, what's that? You think she's okay? Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Uh... <laughs> I'm just gonna say what I'm thinking. Holy fuck. Okay. Uh... <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. This is why we can't do shows on Mondays. I told him this. <laughs> this ain't a party day. We're not going to be ready. Anyway, my birthday is December 26th. Last time I said that a woman passed out, but we're going to start the day. What if they came back and were like, you guys didn't have the chicken, did you? <laughs> I've had people uh, have strokes and stuff uh, during my comedy. Uh, honestly, like at comedy clubs where it's dark and shit, a lot of times uh, I, I haven't even known. I mean, I think it's only happened a couple times, but I didn't even know. They're like, yeah, we had to take someone out of the back of the room and, uh, you know, take them to an ambulance. I didn't even know. One time I was doing the dope show in uh, Harvey's Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. R.I.P. Not to Portland. It's still there. Kind of. Uh, but Harvey's Comedy Club isn't there. But the dope show is a show where you do a set normal and then you smoke marijuana and do another one. And so I went into the uh, outside, smoked some marijuana. And, <laughs> you know, I don't do it a lot. So it hits me hard. And I the cops showed up. Not the cops, uh, an ambulance showed up while I was like outside smoking pot. So my first reaction was kind of like, I fucking knew it wasn't legal. I knew this was a setup. Uh, and then uh, when, we, when we went inside, uh, someone had passed out in the bathroom and they had to go get him. I said I wasn't going to say this, but I have to say it. I'm so fucked up right now. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't do pot, <laughs> as my grandma would say. <laughs> don't, don't do the pot, kids. 
to get away to whatever the fuck happened in the bathroom. One of the one of the reasons I don't smoke a lot of pot. My shirt's very heavy. Don't let that be my last words. <laughs> so I'm outside, I'm outside, and I'm, I'm smoking pot. And I'm like, I hope I don't get paranoid. I hope that's not a thing. And then I, I, saw, I saw a big fire truck. <laughs> big old, I was like a three-year-old, whoa! And then I thought, this, I'm a paranoid, but I think they're slowing down. I think they're... <laughs> Did I, I hear you're five times more likely to have a heart attack. <laughs> I already had it. I'm not high, I'm floating above my body. <laughs> they're here to try to save the former me. And then I thought, no, no, that's ridiculous. I'm just being paranoid. And then they're like, is this Harvey? So I'm like, fuck me. And then like the old dude from Up was just waiting there. She died in the hospital, not a fucking dope bathroom. If a fat kid with balloons runs in right now, I am freaking the fuck out. So it's, you know, any public gathering is going to have uh, some medical problems, especially where there's drinking. Uh, I had a very memorable one. Uh, actually, not far from Port Orchard, Washington. I believe it was Paulsbo. Washington at a casino, Clearwater Casino, uh, this guy was clearly having some, like, chest pains in the crowd at the casino, and he, uh, I think I said something from the stage, like, oh, I think this guy might need some help, or if we could call secure, I said something from the stage. And then he's like, ah, they just switched my medication. He looked exactly like Santa Claus, and it was December. I think it was like December 2019. I think I talked about it on my podcast back then. But uh, most of you weren't born yet. You're all three years old. But here's the thing. That guy guy wouldn't leave. He was having a medical emergency. And they they called... uh, Casino security, they called some EMTs. It took, I mean, 15, 20 minutes to get him out of the room. And I was on stage the entire time. I do not have it on video. I wish I did. It would have sounded terrible. It was a big, boomy casino. but uh, And it's also, everyone in the room can see this guy. It's, it's a well-lit casino showroom. But if you ask me what my greatest comedic performance I've ever done is, I probably should say the Clearwater Casino in Paulsville, Washington. 
when the dude who looked like Santa Claus was sort of having a heart attack for 20 minutes because I had to talk to that guy. I would riff with the crowd about what was happening. I would go back into a joke. One would work, and then, like, an EMT would show up, and then no one was listening to me, and then I would make fun of the crowd for not listening to me or just make fun of how awkward it was. It went on and on, and I... I... To, like, keep a crowd engaged and still make it be funny, I mean, that's not going to be my special, but... That might be my greatest comedic performance I've ever done. And I played baby Jesus. In a church play once. I was 17. It was a weird adaption my church did. <laughs> Not really. But I, I think I did play baby Jesus in it. And I do remember when he left, they finally, like, left, and I said something like, uh, I said, hey, how about a round of applause for all the whatever, the EMTs and the casino security, and, and I just, I made up, I was like, I heard him say, like, oh, the, I think he's gonna be okay, it looks like he's gonna be okay, and they all clapped, and, uh, and then I was like, but the bad news is, uh, well, the good news is, uh, I think he's okay. So yeah, I guess this woman's okay, and I guess it happens. Maybe, is it epilepsy? But don't you shake? I didn't see any shaking. That's what I said to her when she was laying on the ground. If this was epilepsy, you'd be shaking, right? I can take my wallet out of your mouth? Okay. I think after she left, one of the first things I said was, I said, I said, hey, Quinn, do you want to come back up here? I was like, make him go back up there, but, oh my goodness, what a night. I can't believe there was no blood, because uh, she, she hit so hard, but, wow. Other than the almost death, pretty fun show. I just got back from Little Rock, Arkansas yesterday. Flew home on Super Bowl Sunday. Which, uh... That's low-key a depressing day for a comedian, too, sometimes. Like, New Year's Eve is, like, in many ways the most depressing uh, comedian holiday it can be. Because, uh... You know, we're working often. It pays better. So it's, like, nice to have the gig. But it's also, like... Unless you get, I, I, a few times my wife has been with me, but for the most part, it's like all these New Year's celebrations and I'm trying to like Skype my family from the stage and that never works. And it's just, in a weird way, you're getting to, you're a part of everyone else's celebration, but you don't get to have your own celebration. So New Year's Eve is kind of a low-key depressing holiday for a stand-up comedian or a fucking bartender or anyone else who has that kind of job. Uh... 
But Super Bowl Sunday, too. Because I bet five or six Super Bowls, I can remember at least five or six that I was flying home. And I'm, I don't care about the game that much. It's just like a cultural event that it's like, well, of course, I'm taking two flights to get home from Little Rock, Arkansas uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, my, uh, actually one time on the road, Super Bowl Sunday was cool, and that was 2020, February 2020, I was at the MGM, Brad Garrett's Comedy Club, and they had a, uh, a big Super Bowl party at the casino that we got to go to, which was amazing. It was, I believe that Super Bowl was, uh, 49ers versus Chiefs? And so they had themed food from each city, and, you know, there's probably a thousand people in this room, giant screens, you know, it's Vegas, so everyone would make bets on everything. Like, they do the coin flip, and a huge cheer erupts from half the crowd, because they just won money on that prop bet or whatever. It was fun. It would have been more fun, but I was sick. What was I sick with? I'm pretty sure it became known as coronavirus. Probably a weird night to share nachos, but it was February 2020. And we didn't know no better. But I'm almost positive. There's no way to know, because by the time I thought the test for antibodies, it had been like 10 months. Uh, but now that I've had COVID, for sure, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that was very similar to how I felt in February 2020. Which at that time I was like, this is the most fucked up flu I've had in my life. I feel like I'm going to die. Not literally die, but like I felt pretty bad. Also that Sunday I went to that Super Bowl party. And like, you know what it's like when you're sick? You're just trying to pretend you're not sick. And everyone's like, you're being quiet. And you're like, I'm trying not to die. Also uh, at that Super Bowl party, uh, the manager goes, hey. Because I was middling at that time. Can you imagine me, Gabriel Rutledge, as a middle act? <laughs> oh, it was a simple time. Uh, and she goes, uh, hey, we're going to have you, you're still going to middle tonight, but you're going to do 40. Uh, and uh, as kind of a tryout for headlining. And I didn't know that at the time, but like, uh, Brad Garrett can watch the comedy shows from his house and often does. Uh, I believe both of his houses. One of them's like across the street at some, I assume, very nice Vegas condo. And then I think he has a house in LA too. So he can like watch from his house. Even the last time I was there, he was like, you killed it tonight. He watches. He gives a shit about that club. Uh, but yeah, so of course I felt like absolute garbage. My voice was trashed. And they're like, yeah, tonight's your night to uh, try out the headline. I'm like, okay. Uh, went well enough, I guess. I'll be there twice this year. Oh, it's been one day since I've been to the airport, so I can't wait to go back tomorrow. A little bit of snow mixed in with the rain here tonight on the drive home. Highway 16. Or maybe I'm not there yet. I'm on three. It's important to give you guys the route. Also, my windshield wipers are making a weird squeaky noise. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but... So 
Sounds like a child trapped in a well. Help! Yeah, I'm just doing one day in, uh, in Spokane uh, tomorrow. And then flying home. Valentine's Day. My comedy's for lovers, and it's well-known. I'm very in demand. I have, I have shows every day uh, this week except Thursday. Uh, Thursday I'll be uh, watching my daughter's play with some sort of Shakespeare adaption where... I don't know, apparently at some point during the play she, she's wearing my Weezer t-shirt. She asked if she could borrow it and I said, okay, I mean, it's going to be big for you. But, uh... Why? Why do you... What, what about your character would wear a Weezer t-shirt? And she said, well, my character's supposed to be kind of a loser. Say no more. Your dad's been dressing for that character his whole life. I now own a shirt, a black shirt, in white lettering. It says Thursday. I have one that says Friday. I have one that says Saturday. Will I have one for every day of the week eventually? That's my goal. That's what happens when you get older. You want to make less choices. What shirt am I going to wear today? Well, it's fucking Tuesday, so I'll wear my Tuesday shirt. And my Monday underwear, because they're still good. I was in the Dallas airport. Uh, I went Little Rock to Dallas, Dallas to Seattle for my flight. And I, I always feel this whenever I'm in Texas, which isn't a lot. Uh, but, you know, there's like a fair amount of people, or not even Texas, but certain areas of the country where people are wearing like cowboy hats and cowboy boots. I always, I always feel like they're kidding. Like, oh, you're fucking serious? This isn't like a Halloween thing? I mean, it's a cool-ass look. It's just sort of impractical for walking around a city. I mean, I think cowboy boots are made to, like, step in cow shit or, no, ride horses so your legs don't chafe. I think the hat's to keep, like, the sun and rain out of your eyes, and you're just walking, walking into a TGI Fridays at an airport. worn cowboy boots. I mean, like a lot of young boys, uh, I I think I had some when I was a little kid. Little fake ones. Uh, and a little six-shooter. A toy one. Not like these kids today who take the real ones to school. 
I actually don't think my parents wanted to buy me any toy guns, but someone bought me, like, the six-shooter. And it, it, it was over. I'm like, no, I'm keeping this. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my couple of years of life. I guess I watched a couple westerns. I don't know. I don't know why I... There's some weird genetic thing, like boys, talking in generalities here, they love cowboys. They love trucks. They love dinosaurs. And then like, eight years later, they're like, why would I like any of that stuff? It's stupid. That's not even gender, the dinosaurs. Kids love dinosaurs. I don't know why. They'll rattle off facts and be obsessed with dinosaurs. And then two years later, they're like, who gives a shit about a stegosaurus? What was I thinking? I'm so embarrassed how I felt when I was four. There's no way cowboy boots are comfortable, though. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. Let's get to the bottom of this cowboy boot thing. But I just feel like everyone who wears cowboy boots, when they they get home, they slip on some new balance tennis shoes and go, oh, yes. But you can't mosey in new balance. You can't tip your hat and say, ma'am, and some, and some Nike running shoes. in some Dad Force One white Nike running shoes that you mow the lawn in. Little Rock was good. Had some fun trails in Little Rock. Uh, sold out first show Saturday. That was nice. Uh, I don't... It's not like I'm selling out all the time. Uh, I mean, I did tonight uh, in Port Orchard, although very early in the show, uh, a seat opened. But uh, the increase in people talking to me after shows who were like, I watch you on TikTok or Facebook or Instagram or I watch, they don't even say where, I see your videos all the time. They're like, they seem very excited to see me. Uh, the increase in people who go, I drove two hours to see you, I drove three hours to see you, or, you know, I, I couldn't believe you were coming to Little Rock and I'm where I live, and that is going up. I guess my internet presence is, uh, is going up, which is cool, and I, it's interesting, because I was thinking about, uh, You tend to think of internet as like what it can do for you in real life if you're a comedian and probably other things too, musicians you own a business, you want your video to go viral so people buy your shit or whatever but like there's that vague goal of like, okay If more people 
watch my videos on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or YouTube. Then when I go to their town, they will come buy tickets. And that's good for my career. And eventually, if I can do that enough places on my own, it's really good for my career because I can sort of bypass... I could kind of do shit on my own terms. Just find a building and I know I can get whatever, 100 people to come see me in Jacksonville, Mississippi or wherever. Little Rock, Arkansas. I've seen it happen for my colleagues and friends. So that's sort of like the... The end goal, I guess, of what I've been thinking uh, when I'm trying to like, I'm really, you know like five days a week or whatever I'm putting up videos on everything and it, you know but I really I had the thought that I also have to give it some credit for just being its own thing not where it's leading or what it will lead to but it's just its own thing online because I'm really good about that in real life because after shows people go hey whatever you should be on Netflix that would be great if you were on Netflix and a lady passed out and hit her head and you had to deal with it that's not what they say but you know there's that idea of like depending on the gig I mean when I'm in Vegas no one says you should be working bigger clubs, they just go, it's cool you're in Vegas. But if I'm in the Whiskey Gulch on a Monday, sometimes they're like, oh, I can't believe I got to see you here, or things like that. But I'm very good in my own mind about going, yeah, but this stand-up comedy in person is its own thing, and if it goes well, it leaves a positive imprint on that person's life. Maybe... They don't remember one joke. They probably don't. They misremember the ones they think they remember. But, like, it was a good night. Especially if they're there. A lot of people are there with their their partners and stuff. They have a great fucking night that I got to be a part of, and we share that experience, even if we don't think about it anymore. That's our shared experience. Me, the performer, you, the audience member. Forever. There's a little bit of fucking magic in the temporariness. Is that a word? I think it is. It's this fleeting magic moment we shared together. Hopefully. Or it's a fleeting... 45 to 60 minutes of horror that we have to carry this stain up for the rest of our life. But let's focus on the positive. So, yeah, if you, if you, if I'm a, at a smaller place or a smaller club and they go, oh my God, I can't believe that should have been at this big theater or something. It's like, okay, thank you. But honestly, this was for you. 
better than the theater. Whatever. There was, you know, a hundred people in the room tonight. That's a more intimate experience than 1,200 or something. I'm good at saying me performing comedy doesn't it doesn't matter where I'm going it's about creating these moments for myself and uh, the world when people who have seen me do comedy die and a lady tried to do that tonight before I even got to the good shit but when people die who have seen me do comedy it means something to me that the amount of times they watched me on stage goes into the good category of their lived life life is fucking horrible (laughs) it's really fucking hard under the best of circumstances and for me to get to do something that's in the joy category of life It doesn't always matter where it's going. But it had never occurred to me to put that same filter and perspective on my online presence. Can it help me? Sure, it can help me, you know, whatever. I get money from the ads or, like I said, enough people know who I am, they'll come see me do comedy. But look, whenever I put up anything, there's just comments of like, hey, ever coming to... You ever coming to Detroit? You ever coming to Kansas City? You ever go to Jacksonville, Florida? One guy put, do you ever go to Olympia, Washington? That fucking hurt. Bro, I live here. I've seen you at Safeway. And I think you guys know this if you listen to my podcast, but it's like, I don't know if people leaving these comments know. I'm not necessarily that in charge of... I can't just go... I should go to Detroit. Let me Google Detroit Comedy Clubs. Okay. Info at DetroitComedyClub.com. Hi. I'm a comedian, and someone who watched my video wants me to come to the area. Please respond with a lucrative offer. It's not happening. For me to get into comedy clubs, it's a quite a process of connections and who you know and this person recommends and this person saw me somewhere else and
I get comments like, when are you coming to the UK? When are you coming to Michigan? Which, uh, I mean, uh, when, when are you coming to Australia? And I'm like, never, I don't think. I mean, nothing planned. Can you meet me in Dubai? I'm going there in August. But I was talking to a lady in Little Rock and she goes, I watch your videos during my lunch break almost every day. Now, did it work out with that lady? Because she got to go see me in Little Rock? Yeah. But if someone in Australia is doing that, and if someone in uh, uh, the UK or Detroit or someplace, I'm probably never ever going to go. Is it the same experience as seeing me live? Of course not. But it's still something. It's still like... It's still amazing that whatever. Certain videos, especially millions of people watch this. Look, some of it's... Some people are watching those videos like, you know, they're waiting for their methadone in front of the clinic. Like a heroin addict taking a methadone pill. Is it a pill? I don't know. You know the face. We've all had the face as we just scroll through the phone joylessly, like next, next, next. Yeah, some of those are the views for mine. But if people are like enjoying my videos, literally all around the world, on a certain level, who gives a shit where it's going? That's just cool. On a certain level, who gives a shit what it leads to? I don't know. It led to them seeing my video in a place I'm probably never going to go. And they got a couple chuckles. It's snowing pretty hard right now, a little weather report, but it's uh, like 34 degrees, which is like barely cold enough to snow, which means the, the flakes are like uh, giant. It's like sheets of notebook paper flying at me right now. Let's get all this shit cleared up before I have to fly to Spokane tomorrow. Nature. So yeah, it's like literally part of my job right now. Managing my social media accounts. But it's also like I don't know. I just really uh, wanted to take a step back and go like, like I said, who it's, you should come to Australia. You're hilarious. Someone from Australia watched my video and thought I was hilarious. That's a connection. It's less human of a connection because it's the internet, but it's still a human connection that got to happen only because of uh, Al Gore's invention. I hope that lady's okay. I'm pretty sure Santa Claus died, but I hope the lady from tonight's okay. I have no idea if that Santa Claus guy died, but he seemed pretty old already. And we've had a pandemic since then. 
But yeah, man, when you're uh, pushing 50, you gotta, like me, I'm freshly 49, but you know. Where is it all going? I think this is it. I think I'm here, you know? Not that I don't have goals anymore, but like... I was next to an old couple. Well, actually, it was just next to an old man at uh, baggage claim. Uh, and he was sitting there waiting. This is actually when I got to Little Rock, I believe. And then uh, this woman comes up behind him. I'd say this uh, this man's in his 70s. I'd say the woman approaching behind him was in her 70s. But he didn't know she was approaching. And she comes up to him right behind him and she goes, I heard you're looking for an old bag. And he turns around and starts laughing because it's his wife. That was her... <laughs> That was her little joke, which is a pretty good joke. I heard you're looking for an old bag. You found her, me, your wife, because they were old, right? And I don't know what... Like, they, you know, they both laughed. I wasn't, like, right next to them, but, you know, they both laughed and whatever. Kissed or waited for the other old bag to come out of the conveyor belt. what it was, maybe it's because I've been gone too much, but man, I started crying, not weeping, uh, it just, I don't know, it was just like this sweet moment between, I guess I was assuming it was a, like a long time couple, it could have been a new relationship, but they were both in their 70s. But it was just like, because, you know, so often you see old married people and they just bark at each other. Like, I know my grandparents loved each other. I'm thinking of uh, uh, on my dad's side. But, man, just yelled at each other all day. And it's kind of hard not to do that. All You know, if you live with someone for a lifetime, it's just... It's a long list of grievances. Stop fucking chewing like that. For God's sakes. I hate how you swallow your water. It's weird. But here's this couple in their 70s. Having fun. Clearly in love. Clearly self-deprecating. And it just fucking leveled me. I mean, sure, on a personal level, I'm like, I hope, you know, that's me and my wife we're in it when we're on our 70s. I mean, I probably would have said, I heard you're looking for an old bag and it's in my pants. You know, I, I tend to work blue. But still... That's what gets me in life, though. It's the 
It's the little sad shit. It's the little happy shit. Because, you know, you can watch the news. And it's like, even if you're trying not to watch the news, it's like, whatever. School shooting. Horrible thing. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. Like, I'm, like, again. Zoned out foam face. Just like, yep. Horror. Scroll. Terror. Skip. I'm numb to it. I'm numb to it. Whatever. 37,000 people died in some earthquake. I'm like, yeah, hmm, all right. It's too big. It's too big for me to, like, grasp the entirety of. And then some lady makes an old bag joke in an airport. I'm like, son of a bitch, here comes the waterworks. Sometimes when your brain is trying to keep the horrors of the world locked away, it's the beauty of the world that ends up getting to you. Love you guys. Appreciate you listening to my podcast. I don't always know why people do, but I appreciate your questionable decision making. Uh... Bye.